What's up, Kings fans? Jack Jablonski here, and we are back with another season of Trade and Jabs. Joining me today is a very familiar face, uh, current color commentator for ESPN and former member of the Los Angeles Kings, Ray Ferraro. Ray, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing, Jack? Doing great. Doing great. You as well? Yeah, everything's good. We're uh, we're busy. You know, the kids are full into soccer season and Cammie's busy with her job. And, uh, you know, so we're uh, we're going in about 11 directions, but it's uh, but it's good. It's a good thing. Sounds like uh, parenthood, to say the least. <laughs> it, it is. And once and honestly, once Cammie uh, started with the Canucks, it, you know, it just threw you know, through our routine that we'd had forever, just like yeah. kind of upside down, right? So we're we're adjusting, and uh, we're you know we're like, are you picking them up? Am I picking them up? Or we, you know, and so we're so far we've got everybody where they're supposed to be. So we're that that's a win. Yeah, absolutely. Day by day, to say the least, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, kids are in soccer season, and that means that uh, you and Cammy are in hockey season as well as uh, the LA mm-hmm. Kings. Uh, I wanted to start by going back to last season. You know, when you look at the way the season ended for the Kings, uh, they make the playoffs, you know, and, and frankly, a surprise to some people across, you know, national media. And then on top of that, you know, they go into the playoffs, they hold a 3 2 lead before falling in the first round to Edmonton. From a perspective of a player, and obviously you've been in the NHL for a long, long time, how far does that experience and that belief go of knowing that you could have made it a little further? And now that you've got kind of that experience under your belt, mm-hmm. you know, how much does that do for a player and a team moving into this season? Well, the, the going further part um, is interesting because no, no matter when you lose, you always think you could do just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you in, in 1993, our team went to the semifinals. We lost to Montreal, who went on and, and beat the Kings in the finals. And so we thought, I think collectively, we thought like, you know, geez, a goal here, a penalty kill there. And, you know, we lost a couple of the games in overtime to Montreal. We're like, we could have won that series. But it doesn't help you at all going into the next year because so many things change. Even if you you know, the Kings roster has been pretty static, um, you know, from last year to this year, they had Kevin Fiala and that changes a little bit of the expectation of, you know, maybe a place where, you know, goals at times could be a, a bit of a struggle. Fiala is a really talented, creative guy. So that'll help us be better. And, but I think what really happens out of the success that they had, you know, making the playoffs, I, I was surprised. I, th- I thought that was a year early on them Mm -hmm. um but it makes you think like why can't we play with these other teams like yeah we're as good as vegas we're as good as you know whoever you pick outside of colorado you know because last year colorado was just they were on another planet bar bar none but but i mean you look at if you're that if you're the kings you look at your team you yeah but we're getting drew dowdy back I mean, that's a big help. We're getting Sean Walker back. That's going to be a big help. We're adding Kevin Fiala. We didn't really lose anybody except Dustin Brown. Like, mm-hmm. why can't we be better? So yeah. I, I, and I think, honestly, Jack, I think that's one of the reasons they started the way they did, which they were all over the map and very, um, I would call it unking-like. Yes. 
And so I, I think you, you start to think, oh, we're going to score more goals. We're going to be a different team. But at the core, the Kings' identity is different. And it, it took them to get punched in the nose a few times. And then you can slowly see it starting to look a little more like it should, in, in my opinion. Like, this, this is closer to what I think. Yeah, you mentioned getting punched in the nose, and we were in the media scrum with uh, with Todd McCullough after they got beat by Winnipeg six four uh, and having a three one lead in that game. And uh, he mentioned, you know, that identity of how the team, um, in many ways, could see themselves just run and gun. And and he basically uh, put it bluntly of if that's the way they want to play, he doesn't like their chances. And obviously, they've toned it back in terms of. Um, the the quote unquote run and gun style, but obviously you mentioned uh, some of the offensive skill that they do have, and I want to go back to the the Kevin Fiala situation and mm. what you've mentioned. Uh, like you said, a, a very low key offseason. They bring back a lot of restricted and unrestricted free agents, but they do make that big splash in Kevin Fiala. Um, what did you make of the decision for Rob Blake to go for a guy like Kevin Fiala? Well, I, I think timing matters a lot. Um, had this been two summers ago, I would have said it's not the right time Yeah, to, to spend that kind of money um, on a player. As good as he is, it's not basketball, right? Yeah. He's only going to be on the ice 17, 18 minutes a night. And so that means there's a lot of minutes that you've got to feel the team and he's going to be sitting there, you know, on the bench. So it, it's kind of a little bit like, there was a lot of people thought Johnny Goodrow would go to Philadelphia this year in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Philly's not in the place to spend $9 million on a player. They got all kinds of other problems. Yeah. And so as the Kings, you know, I don't even know how many years ago was Blakey been there, but like they started, you know, corralling draft picks, grabbing picks, grabbing young players, more picks, another young player. And you just keep bubbling all these guys up until you get to a point where, um, they're they're pretty good, but guess what? They need something else. They need, but they they deserve the something else because yeah. it's not like you're throwing money into the street here. And this is and but this is the always the challenge for a player like Fiala. He's always been um, kind of a secondary scorer. Yes, he's been he's been a luxury for the teams that he's been on. He's not a luxury anymore. Mm. When you look at the Kings, he stands out as that's one of their main offensive creators. And he has to deal with that. And what I mean by that, of course, is the guys that he's playing against, he's not getting out there against the third pair defenseman. It's not happening. He, you know, if he, especially if I know he's not with Kopitar now, but if he's with him, you're, you're getting their best. Yeah. And that's harder. And it's going to be harder. The, the one thing that is true is Fiala doesn't need great players to produce. Yeah. He needs people to get him the puck. He needs people to hit him in stride. And, mm-hmm. and, if, and if you find that, then you've, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got the magic for Fiala because he can score, man. He can, he can score. Yeah, you talk about his ability to score and, you know, no question that's, uh, been as advertised but you know when it comes to scoring that also equals assists and we're you know we're 10 15 games deep with with uh the season going and obviously fiala uh, is 10 15 into his tenure with the kings leading the team in assists by a good margin 
you know, what have you made about his ability to kind of fit into this roster so far? Well, uh, early, I, I thought he didn't. Yeah. I, I thought he's playing a style that they don't play. Very Minnesota Wild-esque, yeah. Yes, right? And so, and when you think of it, like, well, why wouldn't that be the case? I mean, you could show him a thousand hours of video and he can say, yeah, I get it. I get it. I see how you play. I see how you forecheck. I see where I'm supposed to be. And then, you know, you were on the ice when you're on the ice, the game starts and you're not thinking you're like, no. you react, you see a puck, you react. It's going to take him. I would say it takes a new player. Well, I'm, I'm going to generalize. I'm going to say 30 yeah. games, Okay, 30 games to, to where the system isn't like reading out of a textbook. You know, you just do it. And you sometimes you don't even know why you're doing it, except that's the system. And when you get there, that's when you become most effective. Like, you know, I've seen Kevin play for a long time and I've seen him play, you know, overseas and um, and certainly, in, you know, in his NHL stops. But he's he's not even like he's not even close yet in L.A. Like mm-hmm. not not to what he's going to be, like yeah, he's a the ceiling is a lot is, higher. Oh yeah, and and we're talking it, about a guy who's averaging a point a game, if not more. Right, but but it's not that he's all of a sudden going to be a point and a half game player, but his impact will be will be greater. It the assists are nice. It's cool he can create like that. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. he's going to score. Like he's you guys. Anyone that watches, I would say you guys know this, but anybody, meaning Kings fans, but anybody knows this, scoring is really hard, mm-hmm. right? Even when you, you know, like you'll say, oh, you know, so-and-so had four good chances tonight. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything until you get one to go. Yeah. Right. And right now he's, you know, you see with the lines moving around a little bit, Todd McClellan's looking for the right place for him. And yeah. that'll probably continue for, a little bit of time until they go, Oh, you know what? That's it. But they committed eight years. They're, you know, they're, you know, they're digging deep on him. Like they, they need him to score. Yeah. Uh, You talk about scoring and uh, of all people, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but all of a sudden the Kings leading score in terms of goals is Gabriel Velarde. And what a ride this guy has been on. Obviously uh, you go from, Last year, he gets sent down to Ontario. They move him from center to wing after being a draft pick for the Kings in 2017 in the first round. Uh, He starts to really find his groove. You know, then they hit the offseason. He comes into camp. uh, And frankly, in a lot of conversations um, around the organization where, you know, are we going to have to send him down if he doesn't show up in camp? And will he be taken off of waivers? And he comes in, lights it up, earns a job, and now he leads the Kings in goal scoring, and he's on the top line for the LA Kings with Anze Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. You know, what is your assessment of the year that Gabriel Velarde is having? Health. Health. Health matters more than people can really understand. Because, let, let me... So, he went away last year. Season ended. Yep. He was healthy. Mm-hmm. Right? Healthy. No back yep. issues anymore. Just yeah. healthy. Which is why he so, fell in the draft as well in 2017. Sure. Yeah, I mean, this is not a new problem for him. Mm-hmm. But it's something that, you know, there were times when he was doing nothing but rehabbing his injury. 
and rehabbing his back. And then you mix your workouts and your skating around that. But the center point is your rehab. So now he goes away and he doesn't have that. He's got training, workouts, and skating. It's all, uh, as someone that's done this, the rehab workout part where I'm rehabbing my knee um, yeah. and working out, it's it's not the same. So I did I did two Boston Bruins games this year, mm-hmm. or sorry, this week. And I'm looking at Nick Felino and I'm like, Nick Felino's 36, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe how good he looks. And I'm like, oh yeah, he didn't rehab this summer. Uh-huh. You know, he's had a couple of surgeries. He's getting older. He's done nothing but train. Train means power. Train means strength. Those two things mean confidence because you come in and you feel good about yourself. And I'm sure, you know, Gabe's like any other player. They're not stupid. They know they're they're looking around and they're like, they send me down. I'm on waivers. If I'm on waivers, I'm not here anymore. Yeah. Like somebody's going to claim him for sure. Oh, because yeah. he's first because of his age and first round pedigree and all that. Yeah. And and but he felt like, look, I'm he must have felt I'm right here. I'm so close. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing that happens is opportunity. You, you need some opportunity. So Victor Ardvitsin's misfortune mm-hmm. and and slow to the to full um, full participation opened up a spot for Velarde. And mm-hmm. that's all the player can ask. They can, every player thinks they get screwed. They don't get enough ice time. They, I did all the time. Why am I not yeah. playing on that line? Why am I not on yeah. this power play? And then the coach would say, yeah, when the opportunity comes, you got to take advantage of it. And mm-hmm. now, you know, I've been retired for 20 years. It's like so clear, of course, when the opportunity's there, right? Like you've, you've got, but when you're in it, it can be overwhelming because you think everybody's fighting against you. What I would tell any player, after the minute you get drafted, nobody in your organization gives a damn what round you're in. They just want the best 22 guys on the team. They don't mm-hmm. care who you're, you know, like if that was the case, um, you know, like um, Alex Iafalo would be an equipment guy. Yeah. Right. Undrafted like, free agent, Blake Lazard. Like, like those guys, guy, but he's playing phenomenal as well. Yeah. Yeah. But those guys wouldn't even have a chance. The management right. doesn't care. They bring them in and they're like, can you do a job? Oh, you're doing it better than the second round pick? We don't care. We need the guy to do the job now. And mm-hmm. so Gabe has taken advantage of this. And I think the wing is a better place for him. I don't. I yeah. think in today's pace of game, you've got to skate so much in the middle of the ice. And mm-hmm. that's not his strength. Yeah. Like watch Phil Deneau get around the ice, right? He's kind of everywhere. And he does it really easily, you know, like he's a really easy skater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then you watch, you watch Kopi do it and he does it with his head. Yeah. You know, like I don't need to be over there. The puck's going to come over here. And then he moves two steps and intercepts the pass. Everybody does it different. I see Velarde as a winger um, with his size and with his shot. And certainly the guys he's playing with aren't, aren't hurting right now either, but he deserves <laughs> to be there. He really does. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we talk about a guy that deserves to be there. And I think that actually segues perfectly into the the next player that I wanted to bring up. And that's Brant Clark. Uh, he's in that area where does he belong in the NHL or do we send him back to the OHL? Um, he's 
obviously dealing with a little bit of uh, dental issues uh, as he took a high stick uh, last week. Uh, By the in, way, uh, as I'm 58, when I see yeah. somebody get smacked in the mouth now, I'm like, yeah. oh, it looks like it hurts so much. But I don't, you know. <laughs> well, like, you've got it up close too because you're in between the yeah, benches a lot too. Yeah, but I mean, like when, you know, when you're playing and you get smacked in the mouth, you get stitched yeah. up and you, the dentist. You don't even gets, think, yeah. You're like, well, I got to get back out there now. Like if I chip a tooth, I'm on the DL for like a week. Like, yeah. if, you know, like if I bite a hard candy and I got to get a tooth <laughs> fixed or something, right? I'm like, I yeah. need a candy, I need a, you know, so this is a, this is, yeah. this does well, not feel you're right. And I feel the same way. Obviously I'm out of the, the, the game in terms of on the ice nowadays. And I was fortunate enough to never have anything knocked out uh, in terms of teeth when I was playing. And even now it is look crappy. Doesn't it look terrible? It, it's well, don't tell that to Jude Doughty, but it's, you know, it's yeah. not, it's yeah. not the best look. And for me, you know, being fortunate to have all my real teeth, it's precious. And then you see him yeah. get knocked out and you're like, oh, Brant's like 19 years old, man. Like, <laughs> that's such a tough break. Um, yeah, but yeah, exactly. Um, but then, okay, so we, we moved to Brant Clark mm-hmm. here and a guy that's obviously a highly touted prospect. He's the top prospect in the Kings organization. Mm-hmm and someone that has that next level offensive ability that frankly, the Kings have lacked over the last few years outside of Drew Doughty. Uh, he's, you know, raw, but he's working on his game and Todd has been very complimentary of his first, you know, nine or so games that he's played for the Kings. You know, what do you make of the future of Brant Clark for the rest of the year? And, and frankly, what you've seen in his game through those first nine games. Well, I would say that the real difficult decision with Brandt is that he's really too good to go to Ontario League. Yeah. And there's no real place that, you know, given what these kids have gone through, through COVID and not playing very much, and they need to play and they need to be challenged Mm. and they need to fail. And when you fail, you need to be propped up and taught mm-hmm. and then you can springboard off that failure to something better he's going to go to the ontario league and it, it it's not he's already he's already played his way through that yeah. now that the 10 game thing is really it's a little funny because it's not real like the you know you play your 10th game and that start that kicks in the clock but yeah. the the real number is 40 once you get past 40 games now everything rolls forward. Like now, now you you know you're into your second contract earlier. That mm-hmm. can't be changed. Um, I I think part of the other tr- issue they have is like no other team in the league. They've got so many right shot defensemen. Nobody has them. Like yeah. you know nobody has them. And the Kings seem to. What do they got? Five of them. They, they have five, five and, and then they also have Jordan Spence, who is a highly touted prospect right. in like playing the playoffs sudden, last all, year. Yeah, there's, yeah, too, ma- right there's too many, too many, but it's it's a good issue. It's a great issue because at this time, you can be patient, and we'll get to Brant in a sec. You can be yeah. patient with Brant Clark. You can be patient with Sean Walker, who is going to have ups and downs coming back from yep. his knee. You know, like there's going to be some nights he's going to get out there, and, and again, I – this I know just from my own knee surgeries is that there are some nights you're like, I got no pop in my legs. I don't know mm-hmm. why I just don't. 
Well, the answer yeah. is that that night things aren't firing correctly. Maybe it's a back issue. Maybe it's something else uh, that holds you back that night. So they could, you know, that things are out of alignment and that's going to slow his year down. Yeah. Right. That's going to, and, but th there'll come a time when it's not going to slow him down. So mm -hmm. that gets us, you know, and now, you've, you know, Dursey's healthy again. And all of a sudden you're like, well, we can't play everybody. Yeah. But Brant's special. He really is. And the, the ability he has to, you know, to go back, find the puck in traffic, you know, maybe even if it's a D to D pass or he picks it up off the boards, he seems to know where that first pass needs to go. Hmm. And so if you can make that play and that puck comes out of there quick, his offense is, that'll come. That's not even a worry. He doesn't have to defend if he can get the puck out of his zone quickly. One pass and out, you like, why defend in your zone? Why not just defend up the ice? It's way easier. <laughs> yeah. Some guys can do it, right? He, I think there's, well, they know they've got a special player there. Um, the decision really, though, to me is that he can't, I just don't see how you could send him back. Mm -hmm. Like, where is he going to go? I guess Canada's World Junior Team would be, you know, would be um, an option. Mm -hmm. So you lose him for a month. That yeah. never seems to work. Rarely, rarely do players come back. I've done that tournament uh, for over a dozen years now. Yeah. And rarely do players come back from that and springboard out of it. It's like, then they've got to get reacclimatized again. Then they're back in the grind and the travel and the, it's a great the difficulty of the NHL. So to me, it's just, you're treading water, but you're getting them. How many good games are you getting? You know, Canada's going to step on most of the teams there. And then you're going to have, the ones that maybe the four or five that are, you know, so in a month he's playing four or five really good games. Why don't you keep them? Why don't yeah. you play him five times? Then he's practicing and he's in a download drill and he's got to get the puck back from Kopitar and he can't. Well, yes. now he's got to figure out yep. how to get it back. That's yeah, what I think. You're looking at a guy who's learning a two new systems and then it's, you know, back into the fire with the best players in the world. And all of a sudden the game's moving at a faster pace. But, but because he's the way he is, that's why I think he's he's outkicked junior hockey. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of guys I think it's the best thing for to go back because they're just mm -hmm. not quite there yet. Now, Seattle, for example, they've got a they've got Shane Wright. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out what's the best way forward for Shane Wright. And the best way forward is what's best for Shane. It's not what's best for Brant Clark or best yeah. for Yuri Slavkowski or Maddie Baneers or any other of these younger kids, like each kid is a different case. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about individual players and I kind of want to talk about the Kings as a whole here. Uh, you look at the projections or, you know, at least the assessment and for you personally of what you thought the Pacific division was going to be going into the year, you know, we're now, you know, 15% or so into the season which, by the way, is kind of crazy. I know, right? When you say it out loud, it doesn't seem like yeah. it. But uh, all of a sudden, you know, you blink your eye and you've got the trade deadline on <laughs> a week away. Um, but, uh, you know. It would be again, nice if the season went that fast, Jack. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, as a player, I imagine the grind just Oh, gets man. <laughs> you know what? Can I Let me tell you something that yeah. I don't know. if. Um, so we we used to have, like, the trainers 
they always have, I don't even know if they make pocket schedules anymore, but you know, they used to have the little <laughs> small schedules. Yes. Yeah. Like have them go in the tape. wallet. Yeah. And so, or even one on the wall, they tape it. I'm sure they still do it. Tape it on the inside of the medical, um, the trunks, you know, the trunks, they move all the stuff around. Yes. In. Yeah. So the equipment guys always had one and they'd X off a week, a week, a week, and then a month, a week, a week, a week, and a month. And then, you know, at the beginning, of course, it's one of seven. And then pretty soon you'd walk by and you'd go, uh-oh, there's just like one month left. Like it, it's crazy how the season is. And it would all be, I'd always notice it on the trainer's trunk. It would mm -hmm. be like, wait a minute, they've got X's through five months. How, how did that even happen, right? It's just, it's crazy how fast it goes. Yeah, so, you, get in, you get engulfed in it and it, time flies when you're having fun. Oh, it goes fast. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, all of a sudden, 10, 15% of the season has gone by this quick. You take into consideration your assessment of the Pacific Division, what you thought was, you know, going to happen and what has happened. Where do the Kings fall in your assessment of, of the division? And, and what do you see so far within uh, the Pacific Division and its outcomes? Well, I, uh, I'm, I'll start with the Kings. Um, I'm not really surprised that they've had an uneven start. Um, mm. I, I just thought with the number of guys that are, um, you know, coming back into the lineup, you know, Walker and Doughty in particular. So that's, yep. that's a third of your defense. Plus different positions with Jersey adjusting to a new role. No, no he's going, he might as well be a new player. He's playing on the left side. Right. So yeah. like, so that's half your defense and guys are in and out of the lineup. So I thought that was going to matter a bit. I thought Fiala would have a little bit of a, you know, a, a longer plank to get, um, you know, to get acclimatized. So I, I, I saw a little bit of an uneven start. I look, it, it's easy for me to say this and it's a lot different than Todd and, and Blakey and that, but yeah. I'm not concerned about the Kings at all. Really. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think LA uh, the Oilers and Vegas will be at the top of that division. Not Calgary. No, I, I think Calgary's going to take longer to get to their game. I think Calgary's very good. But yeah. I just think they had such a seismic shift in their team. Very sure. gonna take It's going to take time for Kadri to fit and Huberto to fit and, you know, for for it all to kind of shake its way out. But that's... That's a very good team. Now, Seattle's had an amazing start. I think they've won four in a row. Hmm. Um, but that'll that'll run out of gas a little bit, which is just fine. Um, <laughs> because they've made they've clearly spent money and changed their team. They really have. So I mean, I see the top four teams in the West, you know, in that, you know, Vegas, LA, Edmonton, Calgary. And then I see, you know, the the other teams kind of bunched together. I am, you know, I am surprised Vancouver started as, uh, as they have Uh crazy thing though, crazy stat as, uh, as usual here, you'll see me, if you're watching on zoom, you're going to see me do some stuff because as usual, I'm ill prepared and my computer's going to run out of battery. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, the, the Canucks have had a two goal lead uh, in eight of their 12 games. And they've got three wins. Like, yeah. like that's that's you know until that fixes itself, they're gonna they're gonna be 
fighting for survival. <laughs> I'll be back. One second. Just it's a short walk. There you go. No worries. No I'm worries. Back. Just and one we'll second. Yeah. We'll, there we go, we'll Ray. Back. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, last question here, Ray. And I think, you know, you've kind of answered it a little bit already. But for the Kings to be able to to move forward and to really take that next step. And you talked about how there was going to be a learning curve. What do you see that the Kings, you know, roster or strategically need to do to kind of find their groove and what this identity is in 2022, 23? I think they need to uh, um, they need to embrace what the Kings are mm-hmm. because the simple fact is nobody, as much as we all love it as a player, nobody wins five, four all the time. Mm-hmm. You just don't. Now the Florida Panthers last year, were one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL in the last 20 years. And they're out in the second round, mm-hmm. you know, four years ago, uh, Tampa, top team in the league they get swept by columbus what do they do they go add players to become a better defensive team mm-hmm. the in i realize this as i've gotten older here a little bit but in in hockey is the same as life if you don't have balance you don't win mm-hmm. you're not your best if you don't have balance so it you know you have to balance your you know, not every team's got to be, you know, shut down like the Kings of the Stanley Cup, you know, where they gave up no shots yeah, and they had an all-star goalie. Like no team's going to be like that all the time. You can't in today's game anymore, but there's got to be a balance between looking after your end and scoring goals, scaring the other team. There's got to be a balance. And quite frankly, it's, you know, it's, it's harder to achieve than people think. Because you've got, for example, you've got to find Kevin Fiala, like I'm using him as an example because he's the newest guy, and make him understand why this is the best way. Mm-hmm. Because his default is going to be to what he knows best, which is going that way yeah. forward. Yeah. And sometimes that play's not there. And all Pod and the staff can do is just keep keep going, keep chugging yeah. away because eventually you'll get it because there's too many of those guys that feel it that are Kings. I think they get there. 